This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Office of Federal Procurement Policy has a new cross-agency priority goal. It's not about changing acquisition rules or processes. Instead, the goal is called frictionless acquisition. Friction causes heat and slowdowns. The initiative aims to change how contracting officers, program managers, and contractors view what it takes to buy a product or service. Federal News Network's Jason Miller discussed the Complexity Reduction Plan in a two-part interview with the administrator of the Office of Federal Procurement Policy, Dr. Michael Wooten. We're really focused on reducing the time between when a person conjures up the need and when they get what they want. In other words, we want to reduce the time between I need and I got. That was essentially what was behind the genesis of frictionless acquisition. So we, we think the opportunities for friction are significant because of the scale and the scope of the federal acquisition system. The complexity of our requirements can be uh, mind-boggling when you look at some of the systems under development, whether it's DOD energy, et cetera. And then the myriad systems and processes that support all this. They're just all the all this complexity brings significant op, uh, opportunity for friction, and we want to we want to try to lessen that largely through leadership. We believe these friction points accumulate over the life cycle of the acquisition, and as a result, it, it costs taxpayers time and money. We are concentrating on or reducing the barriers to entry as we started thinking about the large sector of stakeholders, not just the person or agency for which we buy goods or services, but the private sector offerors, uh, prospective contractors, we thought about reducing the friction there. So frictionless acquisition has, uh, is a concept that has expanded and now is really a foundational philosophy. I'll take myself back to the beginning of the process for me when I was at the Senate hearing where where I was being asked what was I going to do about the complex regulations and what would I cut? And my response was, well, the regulations are, uh, the, the acquisition system rather, is something that has been uh, constructed over decades and it, and it relies on the um, statutes, the rules, case law, all this stuff is kind of a Gordian knot and you're asking me where to cut. But I gave it serious thought. Over time, what we've understood, though, is that it's not necessary—it's not necessarily the rules. In fact, the rules and regulations are not the only source of friction. Uh, for example, we can we can see that some agencies might take nine months to buy, let's say, a widget, uh, while other other agencies can buy that same exact widget in nine weeks. Why? They're operating under the same rules, but there are cultural differences. And there are differences in the way they handle friction. And one of the things we know that we need to do in trying to promote a frictionless acquisition system is do more cross-agency information sharing, more leadership training, more, more discussions about best practices. So that's really what we've been focused on with frictionless acquisition. We also think we can add to the framework that has already been in place that has significantly reduce friction. Uh, for example, the fact that we've been able to reduce friction for common goods and services through category management. And yeah, I know I, I, I sound like a broken record when I talk about this, but category management has been huge for us. It's, it's saved 
tens of billion dollars in the last three years. And it's transformed how we buy over $350 billion each year of the parts that fall under category management. Category management is building a future framework for data and a- analytics. That's another thing that we think, well, as we mature in the thought or frictionless, the framework of data analytics is going to help us because instead of us being bogged down in information friction, if I can coin the term, instead of being bogged down in information friction and being slow to think and act, we're going to be able to harvest data and leverage it to make sound decisions faster. So uh, category management has been a very good foundation for us to go to that next phase and, and, and focus on frictionless acquisition. And then also we're we're promoting innovative business practices for, for the complex needs. And one of the things that we, we've done is we've appointed acquisition and innovation advocates to look into innovation, to build tools like the periodic table of acquisition innovation and use these conversations, these tools, the sharing to leverage uh, better and faster ways of doing business. All right, lots to dig out of there. So l- let me start with and back up for a sec. One of the things you mentioned at the beginning was when you know federal employees or, or leave the office and go home, they want to be able to buy like they buy in their personal lives, and that creates a big kind of worry for some people because well, the government is not a personal life, and the government has a higher standard to abide by. And, and to be clear, you're not talking about lowering the standard; you're just trying to say what are all the things that cause the process to slow down, how can we you know, change the culture, change the process, change the approach? Amen. That, that is exactly what I'm saying. We're not trying to back away from our standards. And yes, the government has some considerations that it must make and that we will continue to make. Things like uh, being fair in our business dealings, uh, ensuring that different sectors of the uh, population and different sectors of the industry get opportunities to do business with the federal government because we've all pitched in our tax dollars. Um, things like uh, Ability One, we would be able to help people who may have uh, disabilities or different abilities to be able to help them uh, maintain employment. That is good for them and that is good for uh, the, the federal government overall. But we think we can achieve those things by being smart in how we manage um, our, our buying system and in looking for opportunities to reduce the friction. By taking friction out, for example, in, uh, if we're thinking about our socioeconomic responsibilities, we can automate different, um, uh, different systems so that we can make quick checks to see if the, those requirements can be satisfied by uh, some in different socioeconomic sectors and we can automate uh, systems that do compliance checks to make sure that we have followed the rules and regulations. We're not backing away from them. We think we can do them faster and better, but we think we, we still see that there's a clear mandate to remove friction from uh, federal purchasing. I think that's a great example you bring up as, hey, maybe there's a way to automate the checking of uh, the market research. Hey, how quick we can do market research in 10 minutes instead of an RFI that could take two weeks. That that's the type that's of thing right. you're talking about here, right? That, that's that's exactly right. I go back, I think it was 1997 when I was at the Naval Postgraduate School, and I had this economics professor who loved to bend digits with the best of them, and he showed us how to use Excel macros, and I was amazed. 
but macros can do those basic and simple steps, but rinse and repeat hundreds of times in a second, things that would have taken me hours to do. I'm talking about that kind of thing. Dr. Wooten, was there a reason why OFPP added this goal of frictional acquisition to the PMA now? I came on board mid-August, and um, that was something that I guess by November I had started talking about the initial thoughts behind frictionless acquisition. Dr. Michael Wooten is the administrator of the Office of Federal Procurement Policy, speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. You might say the federal acquisition community has been one of the unsung heroes during the coronavirus pandemic. The ability to quickly buy products and services to keep agencies running has ensured mission-critical employees can work from home and be fully productive. For how the pandemic has demonstrated agility and flexibility in federal acquisition, Executive Editor Jason Miller spoke to the administrator of the Office of Federal Procurement Policy, Dr. Michael Wooten. We know, though, that the coronavirus pandemic has caused people to be innovative. Emergencies often require or demand innovation. They're they're often the catalyst behind innovation. I'm without, and now I have to figure out how to do without whatever it is. And in coronavirus environment has often been time. It is much like, I'm I'm a geek, so I'll I'll refer to Star Trek. It is much like... uh, the situation that uh, in the old Star Trek, Captain Kirk often found himself in where he needed Scotty to pull out a miracle and defy the laws of physics. And Scotty would protest, I've given it all she's got, Captain. And uh, Captain would demand more and Scotty would figure out how to do more. And that's kind of what's happened with our acquisition system. We, the com- coronavirus has demanded our acquisition system to go warp speed ahead. And they've done it. Have you had conversations with agencies who have said, is this right? Can we do it this way? Or have you, you know, you guys have been good about putting out, for instance, memos around contractors and and dealing with contractors. But what about the opposite side? Have you guys had conversations, meetings, memos with agencies in terms of how to, how to, if you will, reduce, I'll use your term, the friction during this, the pandemic? We have. And in fact, uh, just this week, we released follow-up guidance on COVID, uh, the long-awaited follow-up guidance, the OMB guidance M-20-27, which uh, gives a lot of FAQ. And one of the things that, that, that we worked into that FAQ was talking about how to deal with profit. There, there was a lot of back and forth agencies uh, I think we're pretty much shoulder to shoulder that uh, in keeping, uh, in uh, helping agencies uh, keep their contractors going, and, and oftentimes there was a mission need behind it. We needed to keep important contractors in a ready state. Uh, we don't, in other words, we didn't want to uh, terminate a contract or, 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 or use other uh, government prerogatives where we're not paying contractors, and then uh, the contractor loses talent. And then when we need to rev things up again, that talent's gone. We knew that that could be harmful. So we were able to justify paying people to stay in a ready state. But then as you peel the onion, the next thing we started thinking about was, well, what what level of compensation are we talking about? And Congress had language that basically said minimum applicable contract billing rate. That was the phrase. And we uh, that, that's not something that was commonly in the, in the lexicon. We had to figure out what that meant. 
uh, we decided that we wanted to squeeze profit out and still pay them the uh, billing rates to keep their folks going. Well, to the, to the point, how do you get friction out? There were some agencies that wanted to go for every particular billing rate on every contract and every person involved in every situation have the calculation made. And one of the things our FAQs uh, talked about is the ability of agencies to empower their contracting officers to come up with a rate. In other words, you can come up with a decrement rate, figure out what the typical or average, whatever, whatever method you wanna use, profit should be after checking on a few billing rates. And then once you know what that profit rate is, apply it across the board as a decrement so that you save the contractor the time and effort of having to calculate to the penny the profit that should be taken off to get to that uh, minimum applicable contract billing rate. And I know that gets down into the weeds, but that was one of the things that well, we think was smart, P putting it in the vernacular. I had to ask the question, we're doing all this work to try to squeeze out pennies in profit, and I'm not sure that the juice is worth the squeeze. So we, we think that being able to come up with more rapid uh, approaches uh, just made sense, particularly in the COVID environment where, frankly, the acquisition workforce needed to be doing the most important things to respond to the pandemic. Are there other things you're focusing on over the next you know, six, nine months? Most of the things that we, we think about, we think will be underpinned or supported by the foundation of uh, frictionless acquisition, of the frictionless acquisition philosophy. But one of the things that um, I, I really am looking forward to rolling my sleeves up on is advancing Workforce 2025. And, and I think that requires me to get out and do the vision thing. I'm using air quotes here, but the vision thing, helping people see and understand what we're talking about in Workforce 2025. Because like I said, for the routine processes, uh, process automation tools ought to help the workforce. They ought to take a lot of those mundane tasks off the worker's plate. For the more complex or the non-program decisions that our professionals will be called to make, artificial intelligence can assist them in giving suggestions and helping uh, with data analytics and helping harvest information, whether it be data or textual information. But then the last thing is making sure that people get the training that they need. We need to move from a situation where the workforce was going to classes to get, to be able to check certain boxes and to be able to satisfy certification requirements. We gotta move beyond that and move toward a situation where the workforce is gaining competencies and hard skills they can return value to their agency. When we think of it that way, then I think we start looking beyond the classroom. Classroom may be helpful, but there may be other learning mechanisms that we need to uh, consider. And I'll leave you with this one. It's a lot like in the movie Matrix. And there I go again, I told you I'm a nerd. But it's like in the movie The Matrix, where Neo is standing on the top of a building and the enemies, the agents, as, as they call them in the in the film, are, they're approaching, and his ally, Trinity, turns to them and asks, 
uh, as she sees a helicopter on the roof. She says, she asks Neo, can you fly that thing? And Neo pauses for a second, and for effect, the movie makes uh, sounds to illustrate that information is being downloaded right into his brain. And after a few seconds, he says, I can now. That's what the workforce is going to expect. That's what the vision of Workforce 2025 is. Now, we're not going to download information directly into the heads of our professionals, but we certainly want to be able to put the information at their fingertips, at the point of need, when they're going through real acquisition problems and, and move away from the theory of classrooms where they talk about things that they may never see in a very rich and rewarding career. Dr. Michael Wooten is the administrator of the Office of Federal Procurement Policy, speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. There's much more to the interview. Find it in its entirety at federalnewsnetwork.com. And check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.